Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is Suburban, Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. so mad at me for this hat i was like this is proof that no one is really canceled <laughs> <laughs> why was she mad did you know that whole thing like in the early 90s where um didn't he say some racist shit that was an urban legend was it it yeah. wasn't actually true that he went on oprah's uh show and said that hill figure wasn't for black people my mama rode that horse i mean we all kind of did then hard that was before Snopes existed. <laughs> you couldn't check uh, urban legends and myths. like, I'm not buying you no Tommy Girl perfume. I'm not buying you none of this. Right. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, people put that out to, uh, so you could, uh, they would promote more black brands. Mm. It was a, uh, it was an organized thing. Well, it worked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years later, it's still working. Out came Fubu, and what was what was popular with Fubu at the same time? Um, Fubu started what ninety two. Carl Kanai, Cross Colors, Cross Colors. Cross Tommy Hilfiger though got the best Cross Colors though. Like there was so many Cross Color like style sweaters. No, the uh, the brand Cross Colors. I know, but like <laughs> the actual style. True. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Hilfiger stuff is classic. To the degree that people still had that urban, like, still believed that shit happened, and people were still rocking Hilfiger. My <laughs> sister definitely loved Hilfiger everything. Everybody did, like, and it was so, I don't know what it was. It was urban. It was simple. It was clean. It was oh, clean as fuck. Yeah. And the blocking on it was so iconic. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like it's it was like the transitional fashion that, uh, polo niggas were wearing right because after hill figure everybody was into polo real heavy yeah and hill figure had like had so many cosigns from like rappers and stuff oh yeah like all the wu-tang dude like raekwon was wearing boo-boo's i mean hill figure stuff just like r&b people in general because like especially all the the hot girls in the 90s like Aaliyah. yeah Pretty really all of like uh TLC, um, Brandy, Brandy. We don't ever put enough respect on how much of an icon Brandy is. Like, real talk, do we not? I do, I love Brandy, yeah. But I don't think like we always give Aaliyah her flowers, rightfully so. But Brandy was out here like selling albums, a, a darker skinned girl with braids. And she was in uh, Cinderella with Whitney Houston, which was right. huge. Yes. But Brandy did the damn thing. She had an era where she was raining, like, yes. heavy. Like, even when Monica, you know, had her moment, it, it was still... Brandy has... Brandy has vocals. Yes. And she has a distinct style. Like, I was listening the other day, 
I randomly turned on uh, 98.1 and they were playing, uh, what's the song she did with Kanye? In like 04. What's it called? Let's talk about something. I gotta find it. Because I hadn't heard it since I was in high school. Mm, I cannot tell you. Talk about our love. That's not ringing a bell for me right now. It was, I think it was on Full Moon. I definitely remember Full Moon for sure. <clears throat> but no, I just kind of went crazy in the Hill Figure outlet. Look mm-hmm. at my cool ass socks. Those are dope. I know. Those are dope. I'm so excited about these. <laughs> Got my nephew some swag. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It's a jam. That used to be my shit. Um but yeah. Damn, that was a jam. I know. As soon as that like that first downbeat and that run. It, it's nostalgia, man. Instant memories. I know. <laughs> so I guess we should start. <laughs> Um, how are you today, Kim? I'm great. I'm in a really good mood. That's what's up. I think vacation did it for me. Yeah. Mm. So we went to Gatlinburg this weekend with the fam, bam, the whole motherfucking fam, like <laughs> literally 21, 23 adults and Man. a thousand children. Oh, family, family, <laughs> family, family. And that wasn't even a quarter of us. Um, but it was so fun. So we ended up getting like a big ass, big ass cabin on the tippy top of the mountain. Ooh. So getting up there was a little. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, like that. I stuff. had a couple moments where I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> We're a little high out here. <laughs> Are we going to make this turn? So it was a lot of like steep hills and sharp turns, but we were in the truck. So we were fine. I honestly. I don't know if we would have made it if we were in a car, like, because you really would have had to been punching it to make it up the hill without rolling back down. Like, that's how steep that shit was. <laughs> Can we get much higher? <laughs> um, but it was so dope. Like, the cabin was super, super nice. Um, just being with family, it was just really good. Like, especially after my grandparents have passed, like, I think it's... I think it's going to be like a tradition now, like every year for us to plan a trip. So it was just fun, like being with everybody and, you know, watching the kids play and like seeing how much they've grown up since the last time we seen them and just like kicking back with the cousins, drinking like that first night we got super, super, super <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> um, I taught them how to play Ring of Fire. Um they was down there playing pool. My dad even got in on a couple games. My daddy can play some fucking pool. I was out here like, okay, daddy, I didn't know you had these skills. Right. They had to get our mom some kind of way. I'm out there taking notes like, hmm, this nigga know how to play pool. I remember when I found out my daddy how to play pool. I was like, oh, he's out here. Um, But it was just dope. So... The first day we just got there, we cooked in, we just stayed in for the night. Like I said, we drank, we played games. We were literally up until like 
three or four. Dang. Yeah. Um, then the next morning we got up, went into town. It literally took us almost like two hours to get into town because there was a lot of people there this weekend, which I guess everybody kind of had like, I don't know. It is holiday season. And some people do a lot of holiday stuff early. I think everybody had the idea to do like holiday gatherings early because it was so many people in town. It took us so long to get from Pigeon Forge to Gatlinburg because the cabins are in Pigeon Forge. Mm -hmm. And so um, we got into town. We went to this restaurant called Dick's Last Resort, which is one of those restaurants where they have to be assholes. Like that's just their thing. So that was an interesting experience. What a black ass family. <laughs> uh, man, in Trump country, we're going to talk about that in a, just a few seconds. <laughs> we were literally, I feel like, the biggest group of black people in Gatlinburg on that strip. Funny thing is, uh, Wendy walked into the office the other day and she's like, Where the fuck is Kim? <laughs> she's like, I've been looking at her snap. She looks like she's lost in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where the fuck I was, Wendy. You are correct. Um, but yeah, we were like the only black table in the restaurant. Uh, one of the only black groups on the strip, which the strip in Gatlinburg, it's a pretty big ass strip. And it's a busy ass strip that there was like Trump 2020 signs everywhere and like Trump 2020 t-shirts in every single t-shirt shop. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I was like, we might need to <laughs> scoot on up out of here. Um, luckily, we didn't run into any issues. There were definitely some drunk white men that were about to start brawling. <laughs> they wow. were in the streets drunk and yelling. And I think it had to do with the Bama game. Oh, we gonna talk about that. <laughs> Not to reopen that wound for you guys, but um, yeah. Um, but it was really fun. After we ate, we did a little shopping. Not as much as I wanted to do, but we also had all the babies, and it was cold out there, so we couldn't really do as much. That's another thing that I think you have to take into account when you're planning like big ass family trips, and the kids are gonna be there. You have to do a lot more planning around the kids than yeah. you think. Right. So we, you know, we were all just thinking like, oh, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to zip line. We're going to yada, yada, yada. <laughs> we didn't end up zip lining, which I was sad about. I really wanted to zip line. Um, but I think we didn't plan around the kids enough. So a lot of the things that we thought we were going to do, we didn't get to do. But we still had a good time. Um, so we ate, went back to the cabin. Um got drunk again <laughs> we thought we were actually gonna stay until monday <clears throat> but we ended up leaving on sunday which i think was better because i feel like it would have been way more traffic on the highway with it being veterans day and yeah. people were probably going to be traveling a lot yesterday so i'm kind of glad we just decided to leave on um on sunday but I also was not expecting, like, the drive to be that far. Like, I didn't think Gatlinburg was that far away from Huntsville. But it's like a four and a half hour. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Me neither. I was really expecting it to be. I don't know. I guess I just expect everywhere in Tennessee to just be, like, like two, two hours, hours for yeah. us. <laughs> like, but no, nah, it was, like, almost five hours. And then, plus, like, being off in the woods trying to get to the cabin, it literally took us close to six hours to get to the cabin. Mm. yeah because we had turned around at one point <laughs> like, are we going the right way? yeah at one point my dad was like nah this ain't it <laughs> <laughs> and then we lost service for like 15 miles so we were just kind of like riding and so we just turned back around 
<laughs> um, and just went to like a central location, like kind of towards the entrance and called our cousins and they were like, no, nah, y'all are on the right path. So we had to turn back around and go back, back down them 15 miles again. Um, <laughs> black parents, let, let me tell you about black parents, <laughs> black parents on a trip to somewhere that they ain't never been. It'd be so easily discouraged. Yeah. Like, nah, bro. <laughs> like my dad was like, if we don't find it after this, we going back to Huntsville. I was like, damn, <laughs> We just spent six hours in this truck and you finna turn back around? <laughs> you gonna give up that easy, nigga? We done paid all this money and you ready to give up that like, easy? I ain't gonna lead us into danger, bro. <laughs> right, and I know that was just him being protective, but it's he like, was like... It ain't worth our lives, bro. Me and my sister both had to talk him and my mama down. Like, we were just like, this is it. Like, we are gonna be okay. Like, everybody else is here and everybody else made it. Like, we gonna make it. <laughs> that black paranoia was something else. <laughs> We had to um, we had to get to a point where we had service and literally like screenshot the turn by turn directions since it wouldn't um, since it wouldn't pick up uh, GPS won't pick up without cell service which I think is something that Google Maps and you know whatever global positioning um, apps need to take into account is like places that you're gonna run into that don't have cell service right because it's being being on the mountain in those temperatures at that time of night because we left early enough to get there during the daytime but because we thought we were lost it got dark on the way so being you're right so being you know i'm saying that high up on the mountain and it's cold and it's super dark was like had us super discouraged and i feel like i feel like there needs to be something that they can like configure the same way they do with like accidents reporting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, Hey, in 20 miles, there is not a cell tower. <laughs> Be prepared. <laughs> Figure out your shit, pull out your map. <laughs> so yeah, but um, it was a really, really good time other than, so Saturday, it's a lot of Bama fans in my family. Like literally everybody there. <laughs> Everybody there is a Bama fan other than like two or three of us. So it was a very interesting couple of hours <laughs> during that game. And honestly, I was not, I wasn't rooting for anybody because I hate LSU and I hate and Bama. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Bama, if y'all need a shoulder to cry on, me as a tiger, we I have also experienced loss to LSU. Who all has been hurt by LSU? <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? Like I'm here for y'all if you need any emotional support without shit talking. Bruh. <laughs> that was crazy. And like I watched the beginning of it and then I started getting ready to go to work. So when I got to work I looked that skull had you it was shook. Like Thirty one. Uh, what was it at halftime? To like ten. Or, yeah. Or, or that was, one man. I was like, what? Yeah. And then so, me being the troll that I am, Got I put on Twitter, on Twitter <laughs> that this is all Trump's fault, and I think we have enough to impeach him now. And had Saban throwing down <laughs> the uh, the headphones, throwing his tantrum. And one of my best friends got in their feelings. And, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that had nothing to do with it. I was like, how do you know it didn't have anything to do Yo with it? Yo trolling ass. <laughs> like, 
And then he was like, no, because it had nothing to do with football. And I was like, it's a joke. (laughs) It's a joke. And I said the the person's name. And like, Doug, who's also a troll, was in my missions, just dying laughing. Being an onlooker. (laughs) Right. Because he's from New Orleans, of course. So. If anytime he's got to root for a SEC team, we gonna root for LSU. So man, that was wild because as soon as they showed Trump on the jumbo screen, uh, two were fumbled, and then it was just downhill. And I like them Samoa niggas let y'all down. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a shootout. Eventually, it ended up kind of being a shootout, but I, I just I don't know, man. What happened? Because I didn't get to watch. So we were on our way into Gatlinburg when it started. <clears throat> and so I didn't really get to, I didn't get to watch until the, it was like the end of the first quarter. Yeah. It, they just, they weren't playing, like Tua wasn't playing well. And like it was some questionable offensive calling, defense uh, was non-existent. <laughs> it was just a perfect storm. And I had never seen Bama play like that. You know why? When you cheer for Trump, bad stuff happens. <laughs> God don't like ugly. <laughs> the Nationals booed Trump. They won a, a national championship. I mean, uh, they won the World Series. Uh, UFC, they, boo- <laughs> they booed him. Bama cheers for him overwhelmingly. And God was like, I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it from here, guys. <laughs> and so uh, it, Trump brought the bad uh, mojo. Bad things happen when Donald Trump is around. Yeah. And we should all take account. Do troll shit. Troll shit happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> all these people uh, that say it. I just don't think we should ever boo a president. Y'all did not have the same energy when it was a different president. Y'all didn't. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Yep. And the idea that we cannot criticize the president of the United States because he's the president of the United States. Because he's the president is such bullshit. Right. First off, The president is under the most scrutiny. Yeah, always. Period. Like, what? (laughs) Right. When did that change? (laughs) Like, because you like the guy that changes? No. Niggas is acting brand new over Donald Trump. And then, like, people really with a straight face would be like, he's the most criticized president ever. Be like, do you not remember the black one? (laughs) Uh, what? Nobody is saying Trump wasn't born in this country. What did you say? It was just misplaced anger, is what that was. That's that's why I didn't snap on him or nothing. Because if it had been anybody else, like he was just nervous as hell. So if it had been anybody else, they would have got that heat. And rightfully so, but. I'm trying to. You guys are still top four right now. Yeah, y'all are okay. It's gonna and be then okay. you play Ole Miss this weekend. Like y'all, that's that's nothing. That's not even a game. Like it's gotten to the point, and I'm not even a Bama hater for real. To the point where I can't acknowledge acknowledge that like Bama is fucking amazing. 
because I mean the rain speaks for itself especially ever since um Nick Saban has been head coach but like it's not exciting for me to watch Bama games because I mean it's just never a game. Even, even <laughs> like a, this weekend was a good fucking right. game to watch. It's probably the best game since the national championship. It, especially well, the way that y'all came the back SEC championship. in the second half. And Bama is not a second half team. Like y'all start, y'all come out the gate blowing. Right. So like for 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 them to have come back and for the score to even just have been like a five point game. Like, right. Especially the way it started. That was fucking phenomenal. Nobody expected that. We thought that once like LSU had scored thirty thought it was over i was like this is it but i will say one thing i respect lsu like real talk if you you come in to tuscaloosa and you just dominate from the beginning i i ain't got i ain't got nothing against you right? that's what i'm saying that's like, another thing too like at home y'all hardly ever get whooped like that at home it looked i don't know man that it was wild like it was even different than like the clemson game because yeah. the Clemson thing was just like they're just better, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like with this one, it was just like LSU is dogging us out, getting ran. And I don't think anybody expected that. No, I, I thought it was gonna be close, but I didn't think it was gonna be out the gate. They just out here, Randy Moss's son. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that catch was crazy. Yeah, and it was like yo, yeah. Like what is going on? That was that was just a good. It was a good ass game. But now I'm so nervous for Iron Bowl. Now you nervous for Iron yeah. Bowl? Ah, yeah. It's it's already it's always hard, but I mean, I always think they're gonna pull it through. I don't know now. I'm always nervous for Iron Bowl. That's normal for me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'll be talking my shit. But, I mean, Iron Bowl honestly really is, like, such a toss-up just because the rivalry is so pressed and so, like, so huge. And you really do never know what the fuck is going to happen yeah. for Iron Bowl. <laughs> but, I don't know. Bro, I still have nightmares from the kick six. <laughs> That's, like, if you ever want to really troll a, a Bama fan, just mention the kick six and watch the hurt. That comes like I've never been. We watched that in this house, and Chance was the only Auburn fan in this house, and that shit happened, and we were all like, "Oh my god!" And then we could hear his neighbors because his neighbor then went to Auburn, and he was just yelling. Bruh. And then we were like, "Go out there with your boy." Everybody remembers where the fuck they were. Yes, during the kick six, everybody remembers. I remember where I was at. I was at this bar in Auburn. Oh, it started with a B. It's not there anymore. It was one of the new bars. I was there literally thinking like, well, this is it. Like, it's over. It's done. Another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I literally almost broke my toe jumping out the chair. <sighs> Bro, it that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. And that was that year y'all kept just doing crazy <laughs> ass shit it'd be like man Auburn finally go lose they go get it and then the, the, the next week y'all played Georgia and then y'all won on some crazy stuff or was it week before y'all won like three games at the end y'all kept coming through I can't remember what it was but yeah that kick six was I can't remember because that was so um so that and then like 20 
2010 or 2011, like championship year. All that just runs together for me. (laughs) That was just like one big party for me. (laughs) Um, I remember that was the year that we, did we beat Oregon that year? Yeah, Cam, yeah. Yeah, and that was a big deal. And then kick six year was when y'all lost in championship. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Man. Bro, I like I've never like that I was hurt. I like that's when I realized how much of a Bama fan I actually am. I was like, I was really hurt. Your feelings were like deep down feelings. And then every year they start to play that shit and I'd be like, Man, why they gotta bring up like Oh shit. I know, like, but that's all on. y'all ever do. <laughs> be like, but really, was it that Y'all didn't win that year. That's how you know we That's get our feelings. Y'all but, ever do thirteen but, rings? Blah blah blah. <laughs> Bruh, it's just. That's why I love football, though. There's so many memories. But people do take it too far. Like people really do be brawling in the streets. <laughs> I've seen men cry. Yes, over football more than they cry over anything right. else in their lives. <laughs> 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 They're only emotionally available for grown football. ass men. <laughs> grown ass men. Like 40 plus. <laughs> Be wanting to fight like little bitches over football. Man. Over shit that they cannot control. <laughs> it's because we only let our emotions out during sports. That's the only thing we free ourselves to be like, yeah, I'm just mad at. I'm still mad about that. And that is the most <laughs> pussy nigga shit ever for sports to be the shit that you emotional about. Emotionally available for Nick Saban. That is the opposite <laughs> of masculine, in my opinion. <laughs> Football made me cry. <laughs> A sport that I'm not even fucking playing made me cry. My favorite is when people are like, I didn't wear my lucky underwear, so that's why Bama lost. Bro, I had so many people. My boss was telling me, she was just like, we were so nervous during the game. My mom changed her lucky shirt three times. I was like, okay, y'all do it too much. That's why it was funny, like, me saying that Trump was the reason they lost. Because I'm not a superstitious person, so so I'm naturally trolling. Clearly, you're not being serious. I did think it was funny that all black Alabama fans were like, it's Trump's fault. Like they were like Mark Ingram said it. Everybody on my timeline, that's a black Alabama fan or player, said it. They're like, man, it's that dude's fault. <laughs> One of the dudes I follow uh, that with the A and M with uh, when Trump said it was a good game, uh, LSU and Alabama. He was like, you're the reason we fucking lost, <laughs> bruh. Y'all will be okay. All right, it's just one. It's probably the only one you're gonna lose this year. Hope so. It's all right. Man, LSU is who we thought they were. (laughs) Yep. Um, I found that out a couple of years in a row now. (laughs) So I still don't know how y'all lost to them last year. Bruh, I'm so fucking mad at that. (laughs) I remember being pissed. I broke my ring. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I get in my feelings all the time. So me getting in my feelings over sports is nothing new. Emotionally unavailable men. Uh-oh. 
So T.I. Oh, God. T.I. went on a podcast Ooh. called The Ladies Like Us Podcast, Shit. which is irony in itself. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> and said that each year he takes his daughter to the OBGYN to, uh, and he makes her uh, sign uh a confidentiality slip. Yeah. So she he get all her uh, medical records and stuff. Only but he only talked about one thing in particular that he wanted to know if her hymen was intact. Mm-hmm. Which that makes me sound weird saying that a father isn't just uh, and then so cringy. She's eighteen and he also has a fifteen year old son who he goes to strip clubs with and Encourages him to have as much sex as possible. But yet and still. It's it's just some weird shit, man. It's weird, bro. So as a man, what are your thoughts? Um, I personally feel like real talk men have no right to anyone's vagina without consent. <laughs> Not your mamas. And that is that on that. Not your sisters and not your daughters. And if you are ever faced with a thing, be like, should I worry about somebody else's vagina when I don't have one? Always choose no. Always like, you know what? I think I might be tripping. You shouldn't worry about anybody. As a man, you should not be worried about anybody else's vagina that you are not actively um interacting with if it does not have to do with the health of it and even if you are actively interacting with it there are still boundaries Boundaries. (laughs) there's still certain things that you are not entitled to you can say what you feel but at the end of the day it don't fucking matter nope so uh that's that seems to be a good rule of thumb that like you know am i I'm not thinking about somebody else's vagina and I don't have one. I might be tripping. It's the other thing is I was talking to my sister about this yesterday. Um, and I was like, you're literally setting a very bad precedent when you, uh, take your daughter and say, well, uh, I want you to sign this slip. And then you're like, you ain't got nothing to hide. You ain't got nothing to hide. Why, why won't you sign it that's coercion and it's just something it's a slippery slope when you're discussing uh, your daughter's body and you're trying to convince her to do something evasive it's kind of rapey man okay so <laughs> this was a little triggering for me because the same thing happened to me, not in in this way, and it wasn't actually executed, but I was threatened as a teenager uh, when I first started dating to uh, be taken to the doctor to check and see if my hymen was also still intact. That's wild. It never happened. However... Um, I think my parents were just trying to come to terms with the fact that for one, I was dating and I was spending a lot of time with this person. And I think like, I think older parents, like from 
from their generation don't understand that because they didn't have that much access to right. their boyfriends and girlfriends when they were in high school. Like we had cell phones on top of seeing them at school. And for one, like I was hanging out with him a lot. Like it was almost every single night after school. Um, but I was, I was a pretty responsible kid. Like I don't really see why my parents were ever worried about me. Um, but uh, that's just a thing, a natural thing for especially parents with daughters. Um, but I just don't think that they could come to terms with like why we were hanging out so much. Like they just assumed that it had to be something else that we were doing. And it's just like, no, we're just teenagers and we're obsessed with each other. Like it's our first like major stupidly, but (laughs) here we are, you know what I'm saying? Like shit. Right. Um, so yeah, I was threatened to, um, be checked as well. And I'm going to tell you what that did for me. For me, it made me feel like I could never tell my parents if I did do something. Right. And that's just not like, I think, I think this is like the most important part of this whole thing is when it comes to your kids and their bodies and sex, especially, I feel like there needs to be an open line of communication that your kids feel like that they can have with you, especially if they have questions, because the last thing you want is for your kids to be getting any kind of guidance or advice from somebody their age about sex, because at that age, you don't don't really know shit. Shit, It'd be a lot of motherfuckers nowadays who still don't really fucking know what, what is going on. And me and my sister started talking about that too, because like I said on here before, your parents and teachers kind of leave it to where they'll figure out right, sex. Right. No, you can't just assume that somebody's going to learn right information about sex. You need to learn consent. You need, you need to learn how to protect people yourself. Are, yeah, people still don't understand consent. Mm-mm. It's tons of things that people look back and be like, that was a odd situation. Just last year, I had a nigga who tell me that if I was his wife and he wanted sex in the middle of the night, it was he was entitled to it whether i wanted mm-hmm. it or not that is against the law like, that is rape and it's a lot of people who think that just because you're in a relationship with somebody if you wake up horny that they're yours and they can do whatever the fuck they want to do and that is just that's not how shit works no um, <laughs> consent is very important but yeah so that like scaring your teenagers like using scare tactics when it comes to sex is just like it can really, 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 really fuck you up. Um, if it, 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 not only like with your personal sexual self, but just like in relationships, because not only are you afraid to ever uh, confide in anybody about anything, but it can really hinder your development your like healthy development right with sex like i didn't have a healthy relationship with sex for a long time and it's because for one like you feel ashamed Mm -hmm. especially growing up in a christian household too right they shame sex so much you feel ashamed and on top of feeling ashamed like you feel sometimes even weird and like out of your own body if you do have like sexual desires and right like i i think we really need to to make sure that we let kids especially teenagers know that like having sexual desires is normal right 
and and that is literally what most human bodies go through i don't know but um the way i feel about like ti doing this and there's so many like people that are back and forth on this there's a lot of people who are like i think it's great that he's so involved in her life in this way and yada 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 i'm like no no because he it, what it what it sounds like is he's not actually having conversations about her about healthy ways to have sex or right. you know just talking to her about whether or not she's ready for that or talking about what to do when she is ready for that like it doesn't seem like there's actual good conversation about her and her body it just seems like it's like okay I got to make sure that you stay a virgin because, you know, for me, it's not for you at all. And that's just not fucking fair. And then to, to like tell the world about that. Yo, that is the part that is like. That is so fucking bruh, humiliating. Like you, you out of pocket talking about your daughter's vagina. What? And and it, it, it is so ironic because it's like you're trying to flaunt the fact that nobody's been in there but then here you are putting her whole shit out to the world right which is honestly kind of dangerous at the same time because there are definitely perverted men who seek out virgins and then if something happens to her finger gonna be pointed at you right the it's just I, I have so many thoughts around like I could literally ramble forever. Like when like uh I texted you that morning and you said, Did you see why T.I. trended? And I finally looked and I was like, Oh my god. I just I ooh, I was so I I can't even say mad. I think I don't know what I was. I was just like I was shaking a little bit when I was on Twitter reading the shit. I was like, Oh hell. And no. then when you listen to it, it's even worse. And then for it to come from T.I. of all niggas, like, you are not a respectable man. And and it has been all in the media. All your shit has been in the media. How you have cheated on Tiny. You done cheated on D.A.'s mama. <laughs> you gonna break our stick. <laughs> I need a prop, damn it. It's my gavel. You have cheated on D.A.'s mama. And you want to be the one to put this kind of like governance on your daughter about what to do with any of the dicks that she may come in contact with or what not to do. But you out here doing everything that you want to do with your dick. Being a whole ass nigga. (laughs) And I'm just like, you have it like, I don't know if you're afraid that because you haven't actually set an example for her that this is the way that you're going to control or I don't know I don't know what it is but it's just like it's just not fair it's so embarrassing like I I want DeAsia to say something like I want her to speak out did you see where she was liking the people saying that he was wilding she was liking him no and you can see it in her likes all the ones she liked okay good so that was. Does so that mean she gotta be fucking embarrassed? That's man. the other thing. Like somebody tweeted this, and at first I was like, "Man, these motherfuckers tripping." Um, they were like, "I hope DH is all right. I know how it can be when you embarrass a man." And then at first I was like, "Man, y'all reading too much." And then I was like, "No, they're not." Yeah, that is that happens. And then like two like. 
there is a lot of pressure uh once you hit a certain age to become sexually active mm-hmm. so you know what i'm saying like what if she's feeling pressured you know to have sex because she's still a virgin and she might what if she doesn't want anybody to know that like i just it's just not it's not anybody's business what they're doing with their bodies sexually no it's just not if you want to make sure that your daughter ain't having sex the only thing you can do is lock her up in a room but like i think parents have to come to terms with the fact that eventually your children are gonna have sex right like if not now when is the appropriate age for somebody to have sex? Especially if you know that you were doing that shit at that right. age. Like that, that, that is the time that you need to sit down and like actually have real conversations about it. Cause that's when the shit gets real. Cause I know he had his oldest kid at like 16, 17. Yeah. He was a young father. Yeah. I mean, he's still a young father to be, all to be quite honest. Hell yeah. And I don't know. Also, it's just, and I want t- I want Tiny to say something. Like I know that's not her daughter, but that's her husband. But she ain't gonna say nothing. And I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Powerful men always find a way to be even more powerful. I want one of the moms to say something about this shit. It's because that I that like if I was Deja's mama, I'd be all. But she got, she had to know. I just want to know too, like. Why did he even feel comfortable talking to other people about that shit? Like, what what was his motive? Did he think that that was going to get him some good father points? I think in a weird way he did. I think he thought, yeah, I'm going to look like a, a overprotect. Like, there is that trope of people feeling like, oh, he's... Uh, my dad showed up to the door with a gun when my boyfriend came over. Like that over, my like that machismo bullshit. Like I, where you're like, oh yeah, I got a gun, son. If you do anything wrong with my daughter, right. I'm going. Like niggas think that's cute, and a lot of women think that's cute. I saw a lot of women defending Ti. I did too, and I was like, mm. it was a couple of women that um, called in on the Breakfast Club. Well, one woman in particular, I remember, she was like, yeah, like, I wish my uh, husband had done that with my daughters. Maybe we wouldn't be where we at today if he and I was just like, if you're if your kids had kids, that's not your fault. Your right. kids were out here having sex and surely you were not in the room when it happened. Right. And it, like it just goes back to what I said a minute ago. Your children are eventually going to have sex. So you just need to talk to them about like what they need to do to prevent anything that's going to compromise their sexual health or prevent having children. If they don't do that shit, that's on them. Right. And you just have to go from there. Um, Somebody called in hot 97 uh, for Ebro in the morning. It was a woman. She was, she started talking. She was like, if my husband did that, I'd be right there with them. And then they cut her all. They're like, Whoa, ma'am. No, no. Like, no, <laughs> but one one thing I did learn in all of this is that the rubber band man is indeed wild as the Taliban. <laughs> like, and I I just always thought that line was just a and doorway. Has been for years. Yeah. Even with all the gun charges, I can understand that. This we from nigga, the south. This nigga has been to jail. Jail, jail. <laughs> Big boy jail. <laughs> 
Wild as the Taliban, nine in his right, 45 in his other hand. And he does call himself trouble, man. I just, I don't know. I'm How still... many more of my favorites are going to just make me just be, be trash? I know. <laughs> like, this year alone, you had Jay-Z with the NFL stuff. Kanye, being Kanye. Um, LeBron uh, siding with a communist China. <laughs> And T.I. talk about his daughter's vagina. Like, if you if you going to be trash, just be trash at your own house. Yeah. Keep that to yourself. Why did we have, like, I still don't understand why we had to know about this. The women that were that have the podcast, they came out and apologized naturally. So, because. Well, for one, they were giggling and that kind of pissed me off, too. Like, even before anybody had even mentioned, like, them giggling and, and it being crazy. Like, when I first heard the clip, I'm like, what the fuck is so funny? Like, why? I don't know if they were nervous laughing or it was because they were in the presence of such a big celebrity that they didn't really know how else to react. But I would have been there like, nah, dog. Like, I'm one of those people, though, that I do laugh in uncomfortable situations. So, I mean, that's where we're different. It's just like that day Spock came and we were talking about that. Uh, not, like He kept laughing and you started getting upset. And I was like, I was like, nigga, what is funny? <laughs> we got to talk about that. I, I might have to edit. Yeah, I'm going to edit that part out. Yeah, I'm probably gonna cut that out. But look, man, <laughs> yo, people been it's been a wild week, man, for me. Yeah. So we recorded last week and I after we recorded I went to Fractal Brewery. Mm-hmm. That place is dope, too. I need to step in there. Yeah. I still I kind of want to have the party there. But, yeah. And it is open on the 2nd. That's a Monday. Yeah, too. my birthday's on a Monday. I'm just such a... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, there. I wore the hat, of course. So, I started talking about the podcast to other people. Because, <laughs> you know... Rep your set. Always be promoting. <laughs> And uh, I met the owner, and he was also the guy I had emailed about it. Okay. So he was actually really cool. Um, and then I, I started talking to another guy who does uh, industrial art, and he did their sign, which was really cool. And it was painted by the girl who does People of Huntsville, mm. her podcast. Mm-hmm. So we started talking about podcasts and stuff like that, and we had a really interesting conversation with uh him and his uh best friend and then you know i met another dude whose wife it was a black guy his wife was from mississippi and she went to alcorn like my uh like my granddad and my mom and everybody else oh your people yeah so like i was like man i'm i'm out here <laughs> mingling with people i feel good for the first time i had good beer i've made connections with people I'm, you know, it's going good. This is a pretty good day. I record it. We already got it up. Um, And all I got to do is just go home and go to sleep. (laughs) But then. And then. (laughs) Man, we're going to have to cut this part out. So so I was made aware that some people listen to the podcast that I'm close to and they had never heard me 
speak like I do on the podcast. I heard my authentic black self hmm. because I code switch and it's uh, some negatives to code switching. But usually those aren't exposed to other people. It's only negative to people who don't understand. Yep. And yeah, I do say occasionally some wild things. Sometimes just a troll. And then sometimes because I actually feel that way. But I feel like if you listen to the show enough, you understand that. But if you listen to a sound clip of anything we say, you could be like, yeah, these people are tripping. I mean, honestly, I think everybody needs to understand that no one is their full true self all the time in front of everybody, especially in a work environment. Right. So it's not even like you're some completely different person on the podcast. It's just you're not as guarded. Yeah. Like you have to maintain some level of professionalism at work. And then also we record this in my fucking house. You're like my best friend. So I'm going to be like lax and right. I'm chill with my homie. We sit in a room giggling about shit. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I'm, I'm comfortable. Uh, this is as comfortable. Uh, this is as comfortable as juice will ever get. Right. This is your comfort zone, but, literally. Right. Because <laughs> when I'm outside, it's not going as well as. <laughs> if you ever meet me, you will see how much of a weirdo I actually am. But it is what it is. Yeah, so that'd be all right. I'd be feeling like sometimes people. There is one person who has done things since we started this podcast to try and cause divisions with other people I know. Mm -hmm. And that person will, hey, you reap what you sow. That's how I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) I've been... uh, Because honestly, he has no basis for... Why does it matter? Yeah, that's another thing. Like, (laughs) and I'm not even going to give him satisfaction of giving any time to you but mm-hmm. just know i see you i hear you and just know that we don't give a fuck right we still out here doing this gang gang uh <laughs> regardless yeah and then i sometimes i'd be feeling like people be trying to make me trying to force me to change because you don't like something i say i think i think i think you have a personality where people feel like they can manipulate and persuade you yes but that's not true no (laughs) and the the funny thing is i can see when somebody's trying to manipulate me so it's actually way worse that's that's another thing too i was gonna say like you move in ways that you can get around that yeah and they and it not be like blatant I see. For me, I just flat out be like, nah, fam. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, man. I always see what's coming. It's just like somebody I know, they always say, if I ask you a question, I already know the answer. Mm. I have, like, if I wanted to be, I could be a very manipulative person. I just don't have that. I don't have that desire there's no to do necess- it. There's no need. But the fact that I can see it, just know like when people do subtle things like i've recently realized somebody close to me is like but all this shit is also making me question because 
we have some stuff working uh, that hopefully in the future, like some collaborations with people, um, most like other podcasts and stuff. Like, I wanted this. Yeah. This is one of those, like, take the good with the bad. Right. Like, it is what it is. And we're about to get bigger. So. God. it's so scary it is scary <laughs> it's very scary because i mean it's literally just like happening really fast lately like i feel like the way that we have been exposed in the last like month or two like it kind of seems like we're blowing up out of nowhere but really we didn't the, the things are lining up to where things that i really wrote down on paper are coming true yeah writing shit down is really like it's powering up yeah, and I wonder what it is like. Cause you're, is it just like solidifying things, like yeah. making it tangible, like where you can actually physically touch the ink on the paper, or is it just actually like setting it out into the universe that you believe in it so much that you want to write it, it down? Like, right? Uh, it's crazy. It's like crazy. I was talking to my sister about that too, because everything she had wrote down, like she had done like a dream board or a vision board new house everything lined up yeah my parents talked about that shit like um when they got their first uh when they got their first bmw so my dad always wanted a bmw and i think their first like luxury car was a mercedes and it was right when my mom was pregnant with my sister my mom was actually pregnant with twins Yes, but she got into an accident in that Mercedes and lost one of them. Wow. And so that was just like a sign that, you know, that car was not the car that they were supposed to have. And my dad had had this BMW keychain for years, even though he didn't have a BMW. And then he ended up getting a BMW. Like, just weird shit like that. Like, universe is super powerful. But they always talk about how they had that keychain for like five years before they actually got the car. My mom, uh, I was the only planned uh, pregnancy in my mom. Like, oh. so she had my sister like five years before me. And so they were like, no, we want to have another kid. So my mom was like, I'm going to have a boy. And she's just willing it. Oh. And then. So at first, uh, the first sonogram or whatever, they couldn't see my package. <laughs> so they thought I was going <laughs> to be a, you a girl. Yeah. But my mom was like, no, I, I'm i going to have a boy. So I came. Hmm. So it is powering that. Little juicy. So it's a part of me that's like, uh, I used to pray for times like this <laughs> <laughs> to rob like this Get the fuck out. <laughs> i really thought you was gonna say some deep ass <laughs> hey bro that song is deep as fuck that's the episode title right there is i used to pray for times like this like like so it's gonna be people <laughs> it's gonna be haters but it's stuff that we both and work for that's gonna pay off and yeah. if you don't like that then fine but 
we've got <laughs> I did ask my sister. I was like, Do you think I've done irreparable damage to uh potential jobs? She was like, Probably. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. <laughs> I was like, Why didn't you tell me this a year ago? She's like, I thought you knew. But you know what? And even if you have, and I think about this too, like that just means that we're setting ourselves up to really actually do this shit for like sustainable money and control our own futures and income. So I'm willing to place my bets on that too. Whatever we got to do. So like if this launches us into like actually having jobs and like media and stuff like that, like I'm so with that. Like I just, I have so much creative energy and I can't even put into words just like how much I want a career where I can just be my fucking self. Right. Like, and that's, that's another reason why it's so hard for me to just like take jobs for money again, because I'm just like, I feel like so many jobs, like you always have to put on a face and just like go in and be another person. And like, fake like you're this professional ass person all every single day of your life inside and out of work and I'm just like man I just want to I want to be in a space where I can dress the way I want to fucking dress where I can talk how I want to talk where I can bring ideas to people with open minds you know what I'm saying like if that's where this is going to take us I am on this journey like I'm I'm ready I'm right. I'm locking in on this train. Like right. that is a dream to not have to conform for money. It's a dream, but those dreams also come with nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm really yo, like that song has really been like my That's your that's your my, motif. That's your my motif your for the last week. Yeah. That and hate me now by uh, Nas. Like I've been like just listening to those songs over and over you again. Can hate me now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so it's gonna be bad things, but it's also gonna be good things. And I'm, I think I'm preparing myself for that. Like we went through it a little bit when we first started, but now it's like we're still doing this. And y'all are surprised, and it's more people would be like, if they're still doing it, let me go listen. Yeah, so we're still working. So that initial, uh, when we first started, and we were saying, "Wow, shit," (laughs) we still you say it's a wild shit, but like when we that remember that initial feeling of being like of people feeling some type of way about stuff. Mm -hmm. That's gonna happen, but. It is what it is, man. Yeah. If you feel some type of way, that's on you, yeah. not us. Right. Period. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Me too. So I will clap back at all you hoes if I have to. <laughs> Bro. Hopefully I don't have to be Cardi B on y'all's asses, but shit. I do kind of feel like I also willed some of this shit in because like my fire sign was showing and if we had recorded Tuesday, oh, this podcast would have been a lot different. I kind of wished I wanted to record, but I was like, nah, 
it's gonna be too raw. I'm gonna end up hurting somebody because I was about to bring down fire. I wrote five different notes. Damn, I, like I that first one, just angry, just anger, just fire. Just on some real sag shit. Like, I'll burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Air this bitch out. But yeah. It's probably for the best that I could talk myself down. Because if I was pure fire, like you. <laughs> or you gotta set this shit off. <laughs> I mean... I didn't ask to be this way. I didn't choose the thug life. <laughs> thug the thug life. life chose me. All right. Yeah. I would say I'm working on it, but I was I was thinking about this the other day, and I know you got to go soon. But like, um, one of my managers, uh, another one of my managers follows me uh, on Facebook, and so he like watches my stories and shit, and he brought something up to me one day about how like. Like how I'm thirsty. Like he be seeing my posts and stuff and how how I'm thirsty and stuff. And I'm like, thirsty? Yeah, he's like, yeah, like I be seeing your, fo- your posts on Facebook and stuff. And I'm like, I need for people to, um, to differentiate between like being comfortable with who you are. And like, I hate using cliche uh, terms, but just like, having self-love like i need for people to stop thinking that that's for anybody else's validation right and i've mentioned this before but it has taken so long for me to just be completely comfortable with like who i am and and with how i look and what i like and and what i like to do that i've reached a point where i just don't give a fuck and yeah, I want people to see that. Like, I'm I'm proud of that. Like, it's it. it uh, why would I not be? Right. Like, I have hidden who I who I truly am for so long, <laughs> and it it's happened over the years where people come into contact with me after you know not seeing me or hearing from me for a couple of years, and they're just like, "Damn, you've changed," and this, that, and the third, and it's like, not really. Like I always kind of been this way, and I never really understood why so many people were shocked when I was coming out of my shell, but now I get it because I was completely different and I was holding back so much of who I was. A lot of it, for one, was because of my parents. Like, and I think most of us still can't like fully be ourselves in front of our parents because there's just certain parts of ourselves that you just can't right. let your parents know. But that's not, it's not thirst. I'm not thirsting for anybody or anything. Just being you. And if you can't fucking handle that, that says a lot about where you are. Right. And, and, and your comfortability and security with yourself if you feel like somebody else posting or glorifying themselves is thirst all the time like I know we're kind of in this social media age where there's selfies everywhere and everybody's you know making shit look better than it actually is but it's a whole lot of us who really are just out here just feeling good about ourselves now especially at this age like I feel like (laughs) I feel like I should feel good about myself at this point in my life. Like I'm, I'm kind of a dope ass motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I am 
just reaching my full potential every single day of my life nowadays. Like I'm realizing things about myself all the time nowadays, like things that I never would have been comfortable with knowing about myself or comfortable with accepting about myself. I'm comfortable with, and I'm learning how to continue to be comfortable with how I'm growing and how I'm changing and who I'm becoming. And that's where I'm at too. Like, I've been reserved for so long. And then also, I think people kind of boxed me into this. This dude just listens to music, and that was all yeah. I was. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a fully realized person. Yeah. And I have controversial takes. Like, I, I look like a little boy, <laughs> and I act like a child. <laughs> but I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know all of my... Uh stigmas or stereotypes but i know part of it was just like stuck up and bougie (laughs) yeah a little bit but i'm really i was actually thinking about this the other day like what were my impressions of you in high school and i always just felt like you were reserved yeah i was like because i was like i was i I can't remember what it was. I was thinking i don't know i you know i don't know why i was so reserved i think i think Part of it was I didn't, I just didn't feel like I was like one of the cool kids that everybody wanted to fuck with. Like I was just, I was kind of like on the fence. Like I had friends who were friends with the cool kids, but I wasn't like directly in contact with the cool kids. And like the cool kids used to make fun of me. So I just felt like "Mm." you were part of the, uh, the black elite. Because <laughs> I re- definitely remember not being part of that clique. I I, I knew I would like that man. was more so in like high school. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like in high school, though, I was just like I was a character. Like not saying like a cool character. I was just you knew who I was. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be cool, but I think that's also why people fucked with me. Mm. I was like, yeah, I listened to. Uh, the Strokes. That's my favorite group. Uh, yes, I'm black, and that's okay. I was really just out here. I don't know. Like, I feel like I've had friends all over the spectrum for a long time. Like, I was friends with like, you know, some of the punk rock kids. I was friends with, you know, the hood kids. I was friends with the regular black kids like me that were kind of in the middle. I don't want to say I'm regular, but you know. I was just juice. <laughs> Not, just, I don't I don't feel like I was extremely on one spectrum versus another as far as like friends. Like there was people that just got picked on all the time. I was never one of the people to just like join in on mocking them or like not talk to them for fear of somebody else seeing me interacting with them. Like I was always trying to be friends with everybody. Like I was nice to everybody. I should have realized I was asexual in high school because I totally wasn't trying to pursue anybody. And I was just out here hanging out with my friends. I think that's kind of normal in high school, though, too, though. Yeah, but it's just... like Especially for... And and then you play football. Yeah. Also, even within that, even after I quit and I became, like, the manager, like, I was always just around, like, athletes. But I would be the one... I've always talked to tons of people. People would always talk to me about serious issues and want to like pick my brain on stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of the space I occupied. In my, 
it makes sense that we do this shit. <laughs> yeah, like Everything now we, we just finally feel right. free to like say like this is who we are. Yeah, because when we were 16 and we were in Miss Spinelli's class, I never would have guessed that we would do a show. <laughs> <laughs> never in my life Ever would I have guessed that. We're like, yeah, so 14 years down the line, you and Kim Johnson are going to have a podcast. What's Who a podcast? Ever would have thought. Like, honestly, I feel like Twitter kind of helped yeah. me uh, feel like I had a voice. Cause like, it, which is kind of a weird thing to say. Especially of Twitter, because to a lot of people, Twitter is just so trivial. It's just an app. But like, it connected you with blackness, and it connected you with like minds. And Twitter the world. is honestly kind of a diary for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people just kind of spew out their emotional thoughts and feelings at random. And I don't know. I used to. Twitter is a place for ranting. Yes. <laughs> um, and now you can actually rant and not get locked in Twitter jail. <laughs> right. Look at God. <laughs> Back in the day, I used to go to Twitter jail all the fucking time. Yo, your uh, your backup profile always comes up as people I should follow. Really? Yeah. And I'm just, at first, I was like, who the fuck is this person? And then, like, because you don't have a picture on it or nothing. And it's just like. What's my backup profile name? I forgot. I haven't used that in so long. Next time I see it, I'm going to screenshot it. Because yeah. it's like, it's just somebody's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, it, and it has handcuffs. Yes, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I kept seeing it. I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and then, <laughs> I, like, one day I clicked on it. I started reading. I was like, this is fucking Kim. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was probably a bunch of tweezers like... Back in Twitter, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But that shit is funny as fuck. Oh my gosh, yeah. But I yeah, go I know, I know, I know, I know. But yeah, good episode. I like this. This one was great. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at curvy brown girl and you can find me at a kid named juice some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey battle you can follow him on soundcloud at djc battle new episodes available every thursday